Hello and welcome to Don't Tell Me What to Do, the astrology podcast. I'm Lisa Kiss, your host, and I'm also an astrologer, teacher, and conscious business guide. This podcast is named after one of my favorite sayings and expressions to live your life. We're all here to experience life in our own unique ways. So keep listening to explore different views of living life through astrology, business, and personal development as we go through the Zodiac seasons together and with our guests. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. Today I'm continuing on with the house series and I'm going to be talking about the eighth house as I move through my eighth house season. So before I get into it, to see what zodiac season is your eighth house season, you're going to pull up your chart. You are going to look in the very center. There's a small, smaller circle with the numbers labeled one all the way through 12. So you're going to find eight. And then you're going to draw a line from eight to the outer circle of the uh, wheel of your natal chart. And there will be a zodiac sign there. And that sign is what rules your eighth house. So for me, it's Aquarius season. That's why this is going up during Aquarius season. For you, your eighth house season could be Taurus season, right? And so... The themes that I'm going to share today might really resonate you during uh, Taurus season for you instead of Aquarius season. And uh, so Taurus season is like April 20th to May 20th. So that's the time of year you might experience these things. So this is all just based on your rising sign. So if you are a Cancer rising, that's what I am. Aquarius season is your eighth house. Just that little uh, fact there. So... Before I get into how I've sort of been working with this energy and um, I like to do these because I like to talk about it while I'm in it because it feels like a better embodiment of it, if that makes sense. Uh, Like I'm speaking from like what's actually happening as opposed to like, here's what the eighth house means. You can Google the eighth house and it's going to be interesting. So I'm really excited to see where this uh takes me, I don't know what I'm going to even say. So the eighth house is like a special house. It's one of the three water houses. Uh, Somebody once said they were the three mystical houses. So the three water houses, it's 4, 8, 12. And they're all ruled by water if we look at like the meaning of each house. So water is our emotions and just like where can the depths of those waters kind of take you. So I will just speak on the depths of the eighth house, but like nothing that I say, like, so the eighth house is known for ruling sex, death, rebirth, like to, to sum it up really easily. So sex, death, rebirth, uh, transformation, the occult kind of like out of not out of the ordinary, like topics that you were, to, if you were to bring up at, let's say like a dinner party, I don't even, is dinner party even like a word? If you were at like a function with like your friends and you're just like at like a, a party or a gathering and the eighth house is basically like 
that person who brings up really uncomfortable subjects and people don't know how to act or how to answer them because they're just like a little too intense for like social gatherings. But there are those people, I'm one of these people who like, I can't do small talk. Like it's just like, ugh, I don't like it. It's like very, it can feel like shallow, let's say in terms of depth of a conversation. So the eighth house really encourages you to dive deeper into things. So I mean, is imagine just being out with friends and you're like, so I went through this really deep transformation when I, like this family member died. Like that would, that's going to make a lot of people uncomfortable. And the eighth house has a thing where I feel like it likes to make people feel uncomfortable because then you're kind of like getting somewhere. Like transformation and change can happen within those discomfort, those uncomfortable moments. So yeah. So the eighth house is like weird. A lot of students of mine, they'll say, even with the 12th house as well, they'll be like, I don't understand the eighth house. It's confusing me. And I'm like, good. It wants you to be confused. Hopefully in a sense that helps you understand it more, but it wants you to be confused. It wants you to investigate it more. Like take that confusion and don't get frustrated and kind of throw it to the side. Let that confusion maybe be the driver that helps you investigate and play the detective, right? So the ethos can also bring in like the detective vibes as you kind of explore and uh, dig deeper into things. So yeah, like things like even you could put astrology in the eighth house if you wanted to. Uh, The eighth house can also speak to like psychology. It can even speak to um, taxes and investments and finances. Uh, Again, like taxes might make people uncomfortable. Taxes scare me, honestly. Um, So there's that. Taxes and investments. It can be a very like um, business-driven house as well, like focused on those numbers, those financials. Uh, There's many different ways you can interpret the houses. And so when you're going through your eighth house season or you have uh, a bigger transit going through this eighth house, like it can manifest in very different ways, right? Like uh, for me, since like I basically started doing astrology, I guess, as like a thing I do as a job career. I don't even know where to describe it. I have, I've had Saturn going through Aquarius in my eighth house. I've had Saturn going through my eighth house for a while. (laughs) And I find that um, I've just had a very intimate relationship with the eighth house. It can also deal with like intimacy within partnerships. So if we think about like the building blocks, like all the house themes I've talked about uh, so far, we can look at last season's episode, which I was talking about like relationships and partnerships. And so we can look at that and be like, okay, you've gotten to the relationship, the partnership, the business partnership, whatever, right? And when you get into that connection with somebody, like you're going to learn some interesting things. So it's like how how can you almost merge with that person? Like that's one way to look at it. Um, and that's why the topic of sex comes up in within the eighth house, but also like other forms of intimacy. So that's one way to look at it. Like the building block from if you listen to last episode and to this one, and you can even think about in your own chart, 
that season that's focused on relationships for you, there could have been like a hurdle or something or a reflection moment. And then like once you go through that, it can almost maybe bring you closer to that person. And then you're diving into the eighth house stuff. You're going deeper, um, maybe reflecting together, merging of something. Like it has to do with like merging of assets as well. It's like the house, It's there's so many things. The eighth house can be like when you're – when you get married, or not even when you get married, but if you like, let's say buy a home with somebody, you're like, let's say you each had 50k, you put it to, you each put 50k towards a house, but then the house value um, is like 800,000. These are really random numbers I'm saying, but then it's like you got more together than you could alone. That's what the eighth house can talk about. Like the merging of assets and the trusting there with another person can actually bring you more wealth in a sense. So um, there's that too. These are all the different things. Now, the eighth house for me, I'm going to like very deeply in my life, uh, get to know the eighth house. Like I've gotten to know the eighth house really well. It's come through in a few ways. One way I'm not necessarily going to share how it came through for me because, uh, well, I don't want to talk about that on the podcast. Like, so there's one, one area I won't speak to with the eighth house, but some other areas I will, but, um, where was I going with this? But because I've had Saturn in my eighth house for a bit and I feel very like versed in these freaking eighth house topics, uh, for me, Pluto will be entering my eighth house when Pluto goes into Aquarius um, this year and then it goes back and then goes back in, but it stays in Aquarius for 20 years, which means I have like Pluto going through my eighth house in, for 20 years. And if you're Cancer Rising, like, Oh my gosh, I don't know exactly what, again, it'll manifest in different ways for people, but um, yeah, like I feel like Saturn was almost like a priming for like what will happen when Pluto goes through the eighth house. Um, Depending on your chart and where your natal Pluto is, you may never have Pluto go through your eighth house, Um, but I get to have Pluto go through my eighth house, which is, it's kind of an... It's an intense, mysterious house, so I don't know exactly what it will bring, but I feel like over the years, there will be more episodes for sure related to Pluto and uh, the eighth house on this podcast, 100%, because, yeah. But anyway, so for me, the eighth house themes can be illuminated from around like January 20th or 21st to February 19th. That's when my eighth house gets activated. So some things I'm doing right now, are well I mean I've this has been a big theme for a while like when I when I say these things I've been doing this stuff for a while like an overarching theme with Saturn since 2020 but it is a focus at the moment so one of them has been like finances and so for me personally my like background in terms of my money story like when you're looking at your money story can be something that comes up when you go through an eighth house season you could reflect on like how much you're spending if you want to save more if your current habits are um helping your future self and it's like okay maybe you can do something else and put that money you're spending on like a coffee towards an investment or something like that right um you get a little more serious 
very serious house. You can get a little more serious about um, numbers and what what is really working for you. So uh, for me, I've confronted my money story, like growing up with a single mom with a one income, like family, you know, single mom, two kids, uh, her own really, really messed up money story. There comes a point where you have to be like, okay, I can't be operating day to day from my family's money story or you're not going to be like breaking the generational patterns and curses. That's another probably post theme. So uh, I've done a lot of freaking work on rewriting my money story in the way I uh, save money, the way I organize even my bank accounts, the way I like distribute any money that comes in, whether it be from my job, from a freelance project, from an astrology reading, wherever the hell the money is coming from. I have a system and I know where it's going before I even get it kind of thing. And so uh, what I'm doing right now is it's almost like a buildup of like all of the work from last year, which was my highest earning year ever. I'm, I'm only 25, but and it's not even like my highest earning business year. I just mean in general, like the highest amount of money I've ever made in a year. <clears throat> and it's mainly because I actually had a full-time job and had a business. So like, I actually was like, okay, I need to get a job <laughs> to support myself while I build out my dream and passion. That is the astrology business. So uh, my highest ever business year was when I just did social media uh, as a social media freelancer slash agency type vibe. And I did one year my highest. And then after that, I was like, okay, I don't want to do that anymore. I want to do the astrology. So now I have like a job. And honestly, it's very soothing for your nervous system to know like I go do this, I get my bills paid, but I still get to have passions. And then you could put that money back into your business or you can put it into savings investments for your future self. So and I like to think that, and this is a very eighth house thing to think with the psychology behind it, but I like to think that I had my high, like I moved on my own into my own place, uh, just me into an apartment during the eclipses, the Taurus Scorpio eclipses in 2021. And so for 2021, from like May to December, I lived on my own, but it was still very new, felt still very rocky. I got the the first uh, full-time job, September of 2021. So lots of changes happening for me there. But I was still off. My nervous system wasn't settled. I was just like all over the place, but I was still trying to ground myself and implement the new money uh, systems and rules that I've set for myself. But when 2022 hit, I, spent, I, I lived on my own all of 2022. So from January to December, only me living by myself, no one's energy to like fuck with mine and just like leave, just like I could be by myself and almost recharge and like the people use the word like deconditioning and unlearning behaviors, right? So I can teach myself new behaviors and put myself into new routines as I live by myself and create my own life separate from my family. Now, <laughs> I, th I honestly think that I made the most money that I ever have made in my life because I lived by myself. Now, my expenses were the high, higher, the highest they've ever been because I have to pay my rent. But I don't think I would have made the money I made if I had lived um, with my 
my mom. <laughs> I would have, I totally wouldn't have. Now, the majority of my income came from my, the job that I had, but I don't even know if I could have handled having a full-time job and living with my mother. <laughs> so there's that, that deep dive ethos psychology thing that I, that I don't necessarily want to get into, but it's like the nervous system can only handle so much. And my nervous system couldn't handle, you know, or doing more work to earn more, right? Like I couldn't be of service to a full-time job and a business to earn that money and live at home. My nervous system, like I probably would have had a breakdown and like the universe will not give you more than you can handle. So I'd like never, cause I think I started the process of looking for a full-time job in like January of 2021 when I lived at home because in my brain was probably like at the full-time job then move I did it backwards I always do things backwards but like I could not for the life of me like I think yeah it took me nine eight months eight months to land a full-time job in 2021 and like I literally believe in the divine timing of the universe and like seriously it's because my nervous system wouldn't have been able to handle it so because like moving and starting a new job, those are two really big things and you can only handle one thing at a time. <laughs> like we are only human, right? So we, like I've been just doing a lot of reflecting because it's also like the beginning of the year through my eighth house season where I'm like, okay, like I made this much money last year and I'm very proud of myself that I did that. I, you know, I used that money to support myself. I put that some money into my business and I was able to save a really good amount of money for myself. I'm very happy about that. So now I'm almost taking, oh, hopefully you didn't hear this, my hand on my table. My hand is itchy. It's my right hand that's itchy. And like, that's a thing. It's not a saying like money's coming in. So as I talk about the eighth house, hopefully you did not hear that sound. It sounded like a fart, but it was just like my hand on, on the table, the table. Okay. So I basically have all this money like in an account. It's just sort of like it there. It has like a purpose. It earns like it's like a higher interest savings account, but that's not like an investment. That's not like a true investment in your future self. For me, the eighth house brings up themes of future self, right? It's like, what are you doing now? What's the purpose? How is this helping you? Like, is it really helping you? Like I get very kind of intense with that, but um, I would definitely say like, for me, like I've called up the the financial advisor that I do have with an investment. And I was like, you know what? I want to put that investment in this type of account um, for tax purposes. And then I have X amount of dollars to send you. And he's like, perfect. Like any financial advisor will love it if you're going to send the money. But um, it just feels like a very good move. And I've never felt that great about, <laughs> and I'm not, I don't do uh, stock market investing and any of that shit. These are just like basic investments. If you're in Canada, um, just things that you like, we have tax-free savings accounts. Like my goal is just to max mine out. And um, I just, I feel like I just made a really good, smart move. I feel like the right move um, to do to, I guess, maximize the, the dollars that I have and put them in the right spot. So like long-term, if I, you know, take out the money, it's all tax-free. So that's kind of like, or like the investments earned on the money is tax-free. That's, yeah. So there's, there's that. But, uh, so that's one theme that's come up is like, I'm doing a big money move and this, I'll just share this information. So I, I wanted to wait till Mercury retrograde was over before I 
was transferring funds and then in signing papers to do all the stuff. And then I'm, I'm moving money before Pluto enters Aquarius because I have, and Saturn enters Pisces. So in March, Saturn enters Pisces and Pluto enters Aquarius in March. March is going to be an interesting month. <laughs> and so in my mind, I'm like, I need to situate finances because my that eighth house kind of a really deep intuitive energy is like, I don't know, but you should have your finances in order before Pluto switches into a new sign because the last time Pluto switched into a new sign, the stock market crashed. So that's where I'm at with, with that. I almost want to get the finances and money stuff like figured out for myself so that I'm not there's no fumbling or freaking out or people panicking if something happens. Um, yeah, but astrology information like that, that I just like spat out of my mouth is not meant to freak anybody out at all. It's just cycles. It's just information and we'll kind of see what happens. But I have a theory with like, if we look at housing, mortgage rates and interest rates, it's, it's, uh, it's very weird. And so I don't think it's sustainable what's happening. And I don't think the government knows what they're doing. So that's a little bit of Aquarian energy coming out. I'm trying to focus on the eighth house, but I have an eighth house that's in Aquarius. So some of the stuff I say might be a little, yeah. So that's one way. Now, the next thing I want to talk about, it's kind of Aquarius themed, but so I have Jupiter in my eighth house. Now your eighth house season might feel like really, really heavy. It might be where you need to like go seek out a counselor, um, have a therapist, have a coach, have some kind of support to kind of work through emotions that you're going through. I have Jupiter in my eighth house and Uranus, Uranus. And uh, so I kind of do not mind the eighth house. Like if wherever you have Jupiter in your chart, you're going to probably love that season. Like you'll feel expanded by the energy. So like, I don't necessarily hate the diving deep occult kind of stuff. Um, I'm totally okay with transformation. I love it. Give me change. Uh, so I'm not like overly, um, you just kind of have to watch your thinking patterns and making sure you're not going on a spiral. That's what I'll say. Like a research information detective outward spiral um, with your eighth house. Like don't, so if you can handle your own kind of, it's like, don't research for things that are going to make you upset basically, but I don't really mind the eighth house energy. I kind of like it. So I have been doing, and this is, I feel like part of that business side of the eighth house coming out. So I have like a new strategy going for the business because I love podcasting and I totaled up how many interviews I've done on here. And I love interviewing it's like that other half of the Gemini. I get to listen and learn and like not talk, even though I like the talking, but you have to balance it. So I found that a lot of uh, interviews I've done, I've done 42, which is amazing to connect with 42, like most of the people like I know. So it's nice to just connect with people that I know, just chat with them. But all the time I get like all the time, like I got two today, like as I'm recording, I got two today. I've gotten so many people who are just like, hey, I want to be on your podcast. Hey, and then they like do their little pitch. And most of the people, I just sort of look at their work and I go, where the F is the click? Where is the connection? Like, what are you doing? And I just ignore them, if I'm being honest. Like, I don't have to respond to these requests because like I'm not asking, they just do it. It's like unsolicited emails. And so, yeah, but somebody sent one 
and I looked at their stuff and I was like obsessed with their website. And then at the bottom of her email or the message, it said, uh, I have a podcast as well if you would like to be a guest on mine. So basically like a swap. And like totally she opened my mind to new ideas and I was like, oh my God, yes, I want to do podcast swaps. So I'd never really done that before. I had just done um, podcast interviews and they can kind of leave you feeling, I don't want to use the word, they're not drained because I love doing the interview, but then you think as me as a projector, I'm just like, oh, I want to share my knowledge too, right? And some people that I have interviewed, they do have their own podcast and I haven't been on theirs and not saying I like want to, but um, it's like, I, I do like how the role can be flipped and I would like to be asked the questions, right? So I'd been on a few podcasts, but just with people I knew and it was just, I felt fun. It just feels like you're talking to a friend, right? But this person never connected with them. I was like, you know what? Yeah. I'm like, let's do the podcast swap. And we have done it and like, it will be up soon. And it was really cool. So then right after I said yes to that, somebody else reaches out and they're like, hey, I'm going to be a guest on your podcast. And I sat with it and I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to do that. So then I was just exploring their media page and everything. Um, and it said something like, I'm always up to discuss podcast swaps. I'm like, perfect. I'm throwing that out there. And what's really cool is that podcast swapping is amazing because both people get something out of it. There's like a, a, a business, you know, marketing benefit or perk, right? But also you get to connect with that person like more than once because I feel like I did an interview with someone on my podcast. They reached out to me. I don't even know if they like shared the podcast interview. I don't want to say who it is. But I, I met them for the first time like when I went on Zoom and talked to them, did this last year. And I don't think I've ever really spoken to that person or got to know them. And there's that kind of energy where you're like, because I can see this in some of the pitches that come through. They're like – and this is me maybe diving deeper and investigating these people and like not having that trust there, right, with the eighth house. And I look at their stuff and I'm like, why do you want to be on my podcast? Like, do you know anything about astrology? Like you're I, I just or do you want me to read your chart? Like, or do you just want to be on a podcast? Like, will your audience, your ideal client even resonate with this or you just want a feature? And so I ask these kind of questions, not to them, but to myself. And I think, Ugh, I don't know if I trust this person. You kind of got to go with that intuition gut thing because I'm very happy I've said like no to certain people and yes to these specific women who you will see the episode soon because like these connections feel like I've been talking to someone I've known for a long time it's like a long lost friend or something and yet I have my water energy my Pisces moon I'll get woo and say maybe I've known these pe people in past lives or whatever right but guest podcasting I would like highly recommend doing it doing the swaps and all of that not for the benefit perk that's just going to like happen like the business perk of the the extended reach and brand awareness and everything like exposure to new audiences like yeah yeah that's all great but like literally just expanding your entrepreneurial network and connecting with like-minded people so like this is more Capricorn of me to say but I had a, a goal on my whiteboard that said I want to be a guest on three podcasts like I want to be the one being interviewed three of them by March 31st, like I hit that goal. 
like I've been interviewed three times and it's January 30th. So as I record this, so um, I hit my goal like really, really early, but I'm like, yay, I hit my goal. Cool. And you always have that feeling where you're like, what's next? What's going to happen? And then I'm like, oh, I want to stay connected to these people, to these women, because they they get it. They freaking get the astrology, the human design. They get the woo-woo. They get the deeper shit. Um, they get the purpose points and going deeper as to why you have a business and not just like you have a business to make money kind of thing. So yeah, and I'll, I'll connect that to the eighth house, like diving deeper. But I also think it's cool to do swaps because there's like you don't just interview them once or talk to them once. You get to interview them again and go deeper the second time and, and build out that connection and bond. And then that's really where the Aquarius energy is coming through me right now is I'm talking about like community connections with the, with these like new, uh, new people, new connections, which might not connect with your eighth house season, but thinking about like deeper with like the why of why you're doing stuff. So I definitely want to do more podcast swaps, which means more interviews on here for you guys to listen to, but I'm going to like question the shit out of the people. And by that, I just mean like I research and I, and I'm like, who is this person? Why do they want? Because I have a list of people who I was going to reach out to that I found their podcast and just be like, Hey, do you want to do an astrology episode? Whatever, whatever. And I, I really made sure that this list of 10 was like extremely aligned. I didn't even reach out to them because of these other opportunities. And as a projector, it's really nice to get invited into things. And yeah, but some of these people send the emails and they're just, no, they don't feel aligned. So if you have a podcast, you want to be a guest on podcast, don't send out emails unless you truly feel aligned because it's not about getting that feature and just talking to a person once and then never speaking to them again. Like, I just think that's complete bullshit and a horrible business strategy. I think we need to develop deeper connections, go deeper with people. Um, and then that way you're even creating better, like long form content for people like to listen to because it feels more authentic. The eighth house, I'll end it with this. The eighth house can call bullshit on a lot of things. I think it's one of the most honest houses and honest seasons you'll have with yourself. It might even come through and call bullshit on certain things in your life. That's where I'll end it. I didn't know I was going to go there with it, but that's where we went with it. So I'll see you in the next episode when I'm in my ninth house season and reach out on Instagram. Let me know when your eighth house season is. And yeah, I will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'd love to hear from you on Instagram or by leaving a rating or review. It would also mean the world to me if you subscribe to this podcast, if you enjoyed today's episode. If you'd like to support the podcast and continue to discover the don't tell me what to do vibration, there are three different ways. You can keep listening to these podcast episodes that I put out weekly. You can also purchase the subscription version of the podcast, which is new, for exclusive episodes. Or you can purchase my book, which has the exact same name as this podcast. So with so much love and gratitude, see you very, very soon in the next episode.